Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the very first ever Apron Bumps Wrestling Podcast pay-per-view review. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is a pay-per-view review that you are hearing tonight, only on YouTube for now, and I will explain that right now. So Buzzsprout has a, a limit in which you can only upload about an hour or so total for a month or three weeks and my three weeks isn't up yet i have 13 days before i can upload another hour or two worth of podcast so this is going to be archived on youtube until i can of course release it and the night two review to buzzsprout once my little under two weeks is up but we are here we're on youtube we are ready to talk about wrestlemania 36 night one the night that was too big so it had to be split into two I am here with my wonderful, wonderful collaborator and co-host, Mr. Gabe Nozid, and I know you watched this show tonight, and uh, we're going to share our thoughts, but how are you feeling today, bud? Um, I have, um, my expectations were kind of blown out of the water from from this night, not going to lie. I thought some of these matches were going to be lukewarm and vice versa, like, I'll give you my thoughts on it when we get to there. Yeah, so you think we should just break down right into the card, get right at it? Yeah, go uh, straight to match one, unless you want to do kickoff. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to do the kickoff because I didn't watch it, nor will I be watching it tomorrow. Spoiler alert for those who are going to watch the <laughs> listen to the Night 2 review. I will be skipping that. Um, but I want to at least note before we get to the opener, that pre-show package got me pretty hyped with like all the... Like the ships and the, the movie style, like Island and them using like warrior weapons and just that whole presentation with the commentary. Like that felt like big budget and awesome. And it kind of made you realize that, yes, despite the fact that this is happening at the Performance Center, WWE still does care about the show and wants to give you the best show possible. I thought that opening package is very well done. I didn't see it myself. Oh, you missed that? Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I, uh, I... I gotta look at that now since you're hyping it up. Oh, it was, I thought it was very well done, but usually it's always very well done, whether they're in a crowd of, like, 70-some thousand or they're in a crowd of nobody. Like, they really yeah. put together uh, a real hype package. So, but I thought, given the circumstances, it was very well done. You can watch it when you will. But the actual yeah. main card opened with, surprisingly, the WWE Women's Tag Team Title Match. The Kabuki Warriors, that of course being your champions, Asuka and Kyrie Sane, defending against uh, the best buddy team of Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Now, there's a bit of uh, context to this match. Back in the fall, Bliss and Cross were the champions, and it was the Kabuki Warriors that beat them to become the champions uh, for this reign that they had going into WrestleMania. So it's like, they kind of built that it's, oh, Bliss and Cross's first big shot to get the belts back, and... Uh, they only had a couple weeks to shoot that, but I thought they got it together pretty good. And Alexa cut a pretty good promo on SmackDown about a week or two ago that I thought it built it up quite nicely. And they got a pretty big spot there opening the first night of WrestleMania. Because as Chris Jericho says, you either want to be on uh, first or if you're not going to be on first, you want to be on last. So mm -hmm. this, is, this is a big spot for these girls, I thought. What did you think when you seen that this match was opening the show, Gabe? I kind of came in like halfway through because mm. I was uh, I was a bit late doing some uh, stuff with my mom. Yeah, you know, I got, got caught we up gotta, with some stuff. Yeah, yeah, we got to work out, you know, during all this quarantine stuff, you know. But um, I got a I got to come in around halfway through the match. It was a it was a decent like I guess TV show match. 
Yeah, it was. Nothing, it, it was nothing special. <clears throat> nothing special about it. Like, I, Brandon, I in in uh, our group chat for this said, yeah, like, oh, I couldn't get into it with no crowd. I'm like, dude, even with the crowd there, it was pretty average. Like, it's nothing against yeah. the four women, right? Like, that's a tough spot. You're opening a show with no audience, but even if that was the match they had planned out for a show with a bunch of people, I'd probably be giving it the same rating with a crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it felt very scripted <clears throat> when I was watching it. Mm. Just nothing too special. Like, oh, okay, you're gonna have a match. Nothing special. Like Oscar and Kyrie were great. You could hear their taunting really well. They're yelling at them in Japanese, and like a lot of the trash talking was really good because you could hear it great. Because mm-hmm. there's nobody there to like you know drown out the audio in the ring. Yeah, that's that's one thing I like about so you know, audience factors. You can just hear every like word. We can, we will uh, talk about uh, certain wrestlers. certain wrestlers who did it well as we get on through the rest of the show. Um, but yeah, this was just a basic match. I mean, uh, I I thought Kyrie's elbow. To Nikki Cross, when uh, Cross, I think, hit a finish on Asuka. Oh, and, and she um, was about Nikki to pin- was pinning? Yeah, yeah, and Kyrie yeah, came yeah. off an elbow. That was a beautiful elbow drop, and it looked like it sucked for both Nikki to take it and Kyrie uh, dishing it out. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Bliss was able to hit her little corkscrew twisted Bliss spot twice, and uh, in doing so for the second time, shockingly, won the tag team titles with Nikki Cross in the opener. I was not I expecting that. I wouldn't be surprised if they switched the belts. I was not surprised. Yeah, I guess for like a title change, but there was another title change, and we'll get to that later in the night. But like, I didn't think these were the belts that needed to be changed on this here show. I heard that Kyrie is going to not resign. I heard her. Um, oh. Her contract is expiring. From what my um, friend told me, he said that um, the reason why they lost is because Kyrie's contract is up. So um, and she's not resigning. I heard that she got married. That's what he told me. So, yeah, she's most likely going to move back to Japan. Okay, well, she's on the way out. Then I get the change, if that mm-hmm. is indeed the case. So, I'll look that up for you. But, yeah, um, yeah, well, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll at least uh, give like WWE. We'll say that that's the case. Why? Because other than that, I can't. If if she is resigning, I can't see a reason to take the belts off these two. They are perfect with them. Why take them off, right? So, but if she's leaving. Then that makes a little more sense. But yeah, I thought it was an average match. Nothing special, but nothing horrible either. It was just sort of there, and it would have been there in front of people. So, speaking of being just there... Oh my god, we got to talk about this next match. Elias took on King Corbin. Now, the big angle was... I forgot about this match. (laughs) Oh god. Uh, I seen that they did did the angle eight days ago where, where Corbin, the dastardly heel... Uh, Elias and him were fighting on a platform, and Elias, like an idiot, is hanging off this big, tall thing where I guess, like, scouts can sit and watch people wrestle or whatever. It's like this this upper deck of the performance center. And Corbin hits him with the, the king staff, and Elias allegedly plummets 15 feet and, and is badly injured. And this happened allegedly... To the concrete floor. Yeah, yeah. Allegedly happened eight days ago. We don't know how long they taped it ago, but it aired eight days ago. So they want us to pretend in WWE logic and timeline that last week's show was eight days before this. So eight days ago, Elias suffered this horrible injury falling from uh, the rafters. Not the rafters, so but... He, he fell from the, the, the upper deck of the Performance Center and he has this horrible injury eight days before the match. So Corbin comes out, does his heel shtick, and says how he's going to get two big wins at WrestleMania in a row, because let's not forget he retired Kurt Angle last year. I'm sure mm-hmm. everybody wants to forget that. Uh, so he says that he wants the ref to, uh, you know, count out a uh, get, get a count out for a forfeit since Elias isn't there. And then Elias just shows up. 
and they brawl, and I think he, he hit Corbin with the guitar, and they brawled, and he was looking pretty good for a guy who fell 15 feet uh, eight days prior. <laughs> That's all I could think was that. Uh, but then, like, uh, I, I was talking with some of my friends who were watching in Windsor. I'm like, well, he's got tape on his shoulder. I'm like, well, at least they put a bit of tape, tape there. The tape, tape doesn't do shit. The tape is like, uh, that's how you're going to sell it? He fell. His whole body should be hurt. He fell 15 feet yeah. in storyline. But no, he's fine, and he, he sells the shoulder a bit because it's got some tape on it, you see. So that's what's hurt more so than... He fell on his back. I too. guess he fell on his back, but the shoulder was out. I don't know, but they put tape on his shoulder. He didn't sell nothing. They had a match. <laughs> that's all I could say. They had a bout. On this pay-per-view. And then Elias just got a win with a schoolboy out of nowhere. Just pinned Corbin with a roll-up. Whatever. It was bad. The guy sold nothing. But then he made sure to sell the shoulder after he got the win. You know, when they do the the, the baby face does the quick roll-up. And then uh, they celebrate on the floor after the the shock win. He's selling his arm as he's trying to raise it in victory. He's like, oh, I won. Ow. Oh, I lifted it in victory, but now I'm hurt. Oh, 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 type deal. So he made sure to sell that uh, shoulder a little more after the match was done. But, yeah, this was not very good. It was, yeah, I told you in our predictions. Oh, I knew. I do not care who would win. And the only thing I predicted wrong, I guess, was that there'd be a gimmick to this match. No, it was just a it was just a singles match. It was a bout. After falling from, like, whatever feet fall, yeah. they just had a, a regular wrestling match. <laughs> they, claimed, they claimed it was 15 weird. feet. 15 feet and you're just gonna have a regular match the guy hit him with a staff and made him fall 15 feet and he hit him with a guitar in retaliation before the match and then they just got in the ring and wrestled love that i love that two guys have have, shoot a blood feud type angle days before the the pay-per-view and then they just lock up that's always the best greatest payoffs that way you see I mean, uh, it's the, the second match in the damn show. So yeah, and it's the one that it wasn't, it's literally like, going to be the one that people were like, oh, yeah, that was on the show. You know, like yeah. they're not even going to remember it. Uh, they're not going to remember it on night two, let alone a week from now. So, you know, it's uh, just time to move on. They got their WrestleMania payday, maybe, depending on how many people bought the show or whatever the network uh, numbers factor in. But, uh, yeah, that was that. It wasn't very good. We can move on. Next was, surprisingly, I can't believe it was on night one, let alone this early, was the Raw women's title match. Becky Lynch defending against Shayna Baszler. That match was uh, not bad at all. It like, was actually very good. It was, that would have been a good like NXT main event. It would have been a, a very good NXT main event. It would have been... Actually, with, with a crowd, it might have even been a little better with the atmosphere. Because oh, when, yeah. when Shayna locked in Becky's disarmor... I, oh, I, I, was, I, I popped, popped I like, popped for it, you know? So I was I guess I was, I was acting like, like the audience. Own damn move yes, so Shana like that would have gotten I with the Mania crowd that would have gotten a huge reaction. Mark my words, it would have gotten a huge reaction. So that would have been good. But they they beat the piss out of each other. They were hitting hard shots. Oh yeah, this uh, was a Seth match. Fucking Shayna just throws Becky headfirst into the announce table again, even more viciously than she did Monday. Just trying to kill her. They had a, a great match. Well, very good. Great would have been probably with, with, with the crowd. But at this point, it was head and shoulders above the two matches we'd seen before, in my opinion. This was a step up. So yeah, the show was amping up at this point. Um, so they trade uh, some counters in the ring again. Uh, Shayna seems to have Becky in all kinds of trouble in the Cara Feuda clutch. 
But then they repeat the Kyrie Sane finish from NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4 from 2018 where she locks in the clutch. No, it was it was Kyrie. 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 Oh, Kyrie. Yeah. So so basically Shayna locks in the clutch and then Becky rolled through with a, a, a pin, a fluke pin. They did the same finish for when Kyrie beat Shayna in NXT like almost two years ago. But that was the way Becky beat Shayna here. Um, she did Superwoman her way to win, like you predicted in the in the last mm-hmm. podcast uh, game. Not not surprised with this win. No, again, I. What you know? This match was so good, and then it's forever tainted with this like one loss to like Shayna because they were building her up all yeah. like all throughout the year in the Rumble, and then she's gonna eliminate everyone in the Chamber, and then she's just gonna get rolled up like she did in NXT. Yeah, so, it, was, uh, it was rough. That's a, that's a no. That's a big bad in my opinion. Yeah, the, the finish kind of taints it because I don't think Becky needed to win. I mean, she's held the belt for a year now. Yeah, she has nothing to prove. Like, uh, if, like if she lost, then she would have proven, like, wow, she has maybe a, a they want to challenge. Keep, yeah, I can only suspect that maybe they want to keep this going so that when Shayna wins, it is in front of people. Maybe that's, I mean that's what I was thinking too, but like still, you know, Shane still looks weak from a, a, a roll up on WrestleMania like that. Yeah, to know. be fair, at least she didn't tap out to the disarmor. Oh no, 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 no! It's a whole pin. So that... she did get flute pin. So I think in their minds they protected her to a degree. In a way, yeah. I I'll just leave it be. You know, yeah, since... but anyway, they only went eight and a half minutes. But man, they they made sure that every minute spent was something. Oh yeah, of course, every minute was something. <laughs> like that. Eight and a half minutes almost felt like fifteen. So they really, in my opinion, they they did very good for the amount of time that they had, which was not a lot. So for them to make me pay attention and be as enthralled in a championship match as I was for only eight some minutes, I I give them credit there. I don't mm. think Becky should have won. But we are where we are, and she has, and they're keeping the belt on her for a while longer because obviously they think she's probably their one, if not their the their top star right now, as far as holding a belt's concerned. Like, I mean, it's better than any like Charlotte, you know, Flair yeah, yeah, or whoever held the women's belt for too long. So her. and then Becky's the still very over despite this big push that she's gotten for a year. She hasn't lost the people, so we'll see where it goes. I have a suspicion that if they want Shayna to beat her, they want it to be in front of people. So maybe that's what they're waiting for. I still mm-hmm. think it was the wrong call. She did not need people to see her win the title. So they if they overthought in that regard, it was to a detriment to poor Shayna Baszler. But uh Still, good for these women for putting on a performance, even if they weren't given a whole lot of time. They made sure that every minute they had, they capitalized on it. I thought that was nothing more than a positive. Bit of a bit of a weak finish, in, in my opinion, and, and wrong person won. But that still doesn't take away from the match that they had, and the no. quality and the quality of it. Right. So speaking of beating the piss out of each other, we're going on to the and really not even out of each other. It was one guy beating the piss out of another. The uh, Intercontinental title match was uh, the next match on the show. Sami Zayn defending against Daniel Bryan. So Zayn had Cesaro and Nakamura in his corner. Uh, Bryan had Drew Gulak in his. And 
for the first bit of this match, it was just Sammy running away and not getting touched, playing the chicken shit heel to a level that you may have never even seen before. This you... match was very cartoony. Like this it was wacky. Shit. Yeah, it was and wacky. I'm, I was very disappointed. We were talking about the predictions, Brayden, that this match could be high caliber for a it could. match. It could be if they would have structured it right. Danielson and Generico yes. in, in a wrestling ring that we haven't seen before. Not one-on-one, and let alone one-on-one on one for one. a title. Yeah, exactly, and it it failed to our expectations. So it, Sammy it just runs win. away from Brian forever for the first half, and then when, uh, I guess, Brian and Gulak take out Cesaro and Nakamura, so now Zayn has no backup, so then Zayn gets caught in the ring with Brian, and then Brian just pr- proceeds to beat the shit out of him. For, like, literally the majority of the match. Stiff kicks, slaps, chops. He It's like, it's like the passion of the Zane here at uh, WrestleMania 36. Brian just beats the piss out of him. You could hear every slap. Every kick sounded like it sucked. I would not want to be Sami Zayn on this night. Then uh, Brian gets distracted by the heels who have recovered and they've beaten up Drew Gulak at ringside. And then Sami just hits him with the haluva kick and wins. After out getting nowhere. out of nowhere, it was like his only offense. The whole match was his finish, and he pins the guy. There was no build-up to it. He just hit him with it, and that was it. I don't even count it as a haluva kick, Brain. Like, it's a big boot. Like, his <laughs> well, haluva kick is corner-to-corner corner running boot to the face. Yeah, yeah. A big boot to, to counter a, what, a dive? Yeah, well, actually, Brian kick. just springboarded off the ropes and fell into it. Yeah, that's yeah. not a haluva kick. They're going to... The commentary's gonna be like, oh, it's a haluva kick, one, two, three. That's that's bullshit. That's just a big ass boot. He could have done another haluva kick or something. He should have. He should have. Yeah. He should have put him in the corner and hit it. At least, like, you built up to him getting beat, not just one move and it's done. And it kind of makes Brian look weak. Weak. As hell. Like, super oh, weak. Fucking big boot. And then that's it. And then. He's still champion, which I wasn't surprised. The beating about, but... was fun though. I enjoyed hearing yeah. the slaps and kicks, and I was kind of I was getting into it, and then all of a sudden it was over. I was just like, it was it was it was good while it lasted, and Brian was on offense. But that's all you can say about it because as soon as it was beginning to reach its its a point where the match would peak, it just ended with one move and before any climax. It yeah, just, it had no like, like it was it. It was building up with the beatdowns, yeah, after the whole, the whole chicken shit stuff. Like, it was rising, and then no climax was ever paid off. No, right? not only that, but, like, like all of a sudden, the babyface went from pretty much squashing the heel to just getting beat with one move. Literally, that's how it went. This is Brian's worst match of the year. Uh, I don't know. When you can get into his offense and kicks, it can't be all that bad. I, didn't I think... mean, it made him look weak as hell. I mean, was there any other match to make him look weak? Um, look at the look at the Gulak Gulak Brian match. That was, I mean, I'm pretty sure they dished out way more offense. Uh, Gulak has dished out more offense onto Brian. In that uh, are you talking about like this is the the worst he's been booked in a match uh, on a big scale? Then oh, yeah, yeah, then that, yeah. that would be that. Because as far as like being in the ring and performing, this wasn't. Oh bad. no, he was he was still being Brian. I can't think of any bad Brian match to be honest. No, nah, because he's too good. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's too good. Right, like. But this is the worst. Like, yeah, he's in. He's been ever booked. I guess. It's, yeah, it was. It was a bad finish. It came out of nowhere. And like, like if Zayn would have built up to hitting him with his finish, that'd have been fine. But to hit him with one move, and that's literally the only offense he had. Yeah, the whole match a, sec- to... a second move, and it would yeah. have made. Like if he caught him, mm-hmm. if he caught him with the boot, and then set him up in the corner and hit the haluva kick, fine. 
but he just hit a boot, and that was it. So, yeah, I was as disappointed with the finish out of nowhere. And I was only disappointed with it because I was getting into the beating. I was getting oh, into yeah. the babyface laying in his shit, and then all of a sudden it was over and the heel wins. Sad times. There's nothing else to say about this. It's it's that's let's just move on, Braden. I will. I will. I'll <laughs> save us all the misery and move on. Poor Daniel. Anyway, so next we got a triple threat ladder match, and boy do I have a lot to say about this one. So John Morrison, since Miz is in quarantine or was in quarantine during the week of this taping, had to defend by himself. So what they did was they just had each member of the opposing teams that were supposed to face. So Miz and Morrison were supposed to defend against both Usos and The New Day, Kofi and Big E, in a triple threat ladder match. Since Miz was in quarantine, they eliminated the team aspect and just did like a triple threat match for the tag title. So it was three guys battling for their team in this triple threat ladder match. And they killed each other. They used ladders. They took a bunch of risks that were... that Those risks would be crazy if there were people in the building oh and there wasn't any. This was just just chaos. I couldn't... This is a classic Mania ladder match. Which it was! I am, I am happy about. Like, I had my doubts about this. Like, okay, it's not tag team. But then again, it's these three. Like, uh, I'm not going to lie. These three have been really proficient for every like ladder match they've stepped in especially morrison like my favorite memory of him is that moonsault at mania i forgot which one you're thinking of mania yeah mania 24 that's one of my favorite wrestlemanias ever if not my favorite moonsaults off of the the turnbuckle into the to the outside with a ladder in his hand so this was just just crazy. Like they were hitting each other pretty hard with the ladders too, man. Like that was a big point oh. of the match that they were using, yeah. which is something you don't see often. Yeah, they had their high spots, but I I liked the usage of the guys using ladders to beat up the other guys since they are weapons mm-hmm. that can be used. I thought they did that very good. Um I can't even believe that Morrison did that tightrope thing he oh, did yeah, before he the, the rope yeah and then, into uh, the and then yeah into the spanish fly i can't even believe he kept his balance that was crazy he just he just tight ropes over and he nails uh, i believe it was kofi with uh it was scary too yeah, with the spanish like, fly he was, yeah he was walking across the rope as soon as he hits the middle he started to dip and like oh wow how is, is he's really walking this damn rope and then he hits that fly wow they each did a, a bunch of dives. I think after the Spanish Fly, um, uh, Jimmy hit uh, oh, he a, hit, a, hit a big splash. It was it on. I can't remember if it was on both of them or just Morrison. Uh, I, I think it was, he, of, I think it was, it was Morrison. Yeah, he hit it on one of them, either Kofi or or Morrison. And uh, they they even battled more. There was still more to come. They they all kind of fought up on top of the ladder. Now this was kind of a creative finish. I thought. Um, oh, when they all like, yeah, so they they they're all battling for the belts which are hanging from this little like hook thing that you'd like hang your clothes on, except much bigger and thicker, and it holds two belts. So they all unhook it at the same time. So all three of them with it unhooked are kind of like playing tug of war for it, and then they kind of hit Morrison, and his momentum pulls the belts the off belt of it. Up. Yeah, and so Kofi and Jimmy are left without with this empty hook, but Morrison falls with both the belts. And he retains for him and Miz. And I thought that that was just a, such a clever finish. Like, I'm What's sure funny was for me, as soon as Morrison won, Greg Hamilton goes, here are your winners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> John Morrison and the Miz. Well, 
Speaking of the flubs, there's another one I thought I should mention. Brandon mentioned this to me, and since he was actually watching some bits on the network, I I was watching a bootleg stream uh, Mm. that was like maybe three, four minutes behind. As King Corbin is entering for his match with Elias, Michael Cole's like, Welcome back to SmackDown on Fox with King Corbin! Did he really say SmackDown on a taped WrestleMania? He said, Welcome back to SmackDown on Fox. Here's King Corbin. Yes, he said that. He said, "No well, way, this is taped." They can't I know that out. I know. Did it just did it just like slip by somebody? Nobody noticed that he said it was SmackDown oh on God. Fox. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, "There's no way he said that." And then as soon as like I'm done reading that text, I hear it on my feed. I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> it's a tape show." How did that get through? Unbelievable, but yeah. So I mean, I guess maybe you got to keep Miz there in spirit. I think the ring announcer's little flub of announcing Miz with Morrison is much more forgivable than Michael Cole calling WrestleMania SmackDown. Calling it re- a SmackDown—that's crazy. SmackDown. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, you think there's some spots I'd like to talk about. Go like, ahead. Um, I'm kind of spacing on a name? few of them, but you can bring them yeah. up. Yeah. Um, Kofi like did a springboard through the ladder, like under the ladder, and then like. Morrison and um, Jimmy caught him, and then they just dumped him out. That was kind of anticlimactic. I don't know if you saw that one. They j- he just oh yeah spring- he just springboards through a ladder. I was like, oh, what are they gonna do? And then just dump him out. I'm like, oh, okay. And then they also Morrison also dumped out Jimmy when he was on top of a ladder. And oh yeah, he fell so far, man. Yeah, and with but- no give, there was nothing there to break his fall. He just fell on the floor. Well, here's the thing. I'm pretty sure it was it was taped and edited out. That, okay. Oh, because they didn't show his impact at all. Well, like, they just show his I'm fall just a dumbass because I thought he just fell and just fell on the floor, and that looked like it sucked if he did do that. I did too, but like I look back, and they even show a replay. Usually that's a replay, you know, highlight. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I'm pretty sure that was taped. Whoever I was, uh, my friend Kenny, he was watching it with me, and it's just, he was like, yeah, that was most likely taped. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, it, it de- they edited it good because that looked like just a bad fall for uh, mm. Mr. Jimmy Uso. Yeah, it looked like he just he crashed and burned. But like, yeah, at least it was like, wow, it made us. It yeah. made me wince. That it was just good editing on their part. Yeah, that, I was, that, I, yeah. Was, I was, I was too. So it was a, uh, it was good. It was effective. Eh. It was effective. So, uh, any other spots you want to remember from that, or is that pretty well all your it- thoughts on the ladder match? We should start taking notes <laughs> for tomorrow night. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll, I'll definitely. Yeah. T- I was trying to like look in, look at my head here and just remember big time things from it because big, I do remember spots, the fall yeah. and I remember the the tightrope into the, uh, the the Spanish fly. I remember Kofi. Uh, I think you just brought this up. Was that part where you're talking about him get dumped out where he was kind of like fighting people from being inside the ladder? Do you remember that part? Oh, I remember that part. Yeah, yeah that was something else. Was I, cool remember, I remember Kofi was just—he was inside the ladder and like he was like caught there, but he was—he was fighting on both sides. So he was attacking yeah. the USO behind him and Morrison in front of him, and he was literally like hanging from inside the ladder. It's like, how did he position himself? Like this guy's got like crazy athleticism to stay up there because, like, he's basically using all core strength to hang from like the middle inside the ladder. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty impressive. And before we go on, I loved Kofi and Jimmy selling of Morrison just snagging a win. They look so defeated. Oh, they were so they they like, were they were like, oh. oh shit! Their selling of that loss I thought was great. <laughs> 
So speaking um, of, yeah, you're thinking. I, there's one more spot I'd like to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. This was another highlight that was crazy impressive. Morrison is just um. Oh my God! Yes, yes. Kobe I know words. And then Frankenstein or um, Frank does a Hurricane Rana off of a uh, John Morrison. And at first, when John caught him, he was like kind of position weird so he repositioned oh that fall looked like it sucked big time yes boom he did the the hurricane rana and how could we forget this also morrison sets up jimmy on a ladder and does like the tightest smallest space imaginable between the rope where he can bounce off of in the ladder and he hits starship pain with like the tightest little space no that wasn't starship that was that was a spiral tap that was Oh yes, it was it was a corkscrew of some sort. I thought it was uh, Starship Pain, but he had like oh, very no. little room to pull that off, and he did it on top of the buckle. Yo, I yeah. bounced off on that one the most because yeah. I'm a big AJ fan, and I've always loved the spiral tap. So to see John Morrison pull that off at WrestleMania, no I less. Mean, oh, holy shit! Yeah, yeah, I thought like, I'd bring that one up. That was very early on in the I match. Forget, that was within I, I like the first. That, uh, that was within the first. I'd say maybe five, ten minutes. It was very early on in the match, but I remembered it, and I remember it was to Jimmy, Jimmy Uso, and Morrison hit it, and I'm like, this guy's this guy's just intent on stealing the show John here tonight. John Morrison <laughs> needs to go singles after he this. He does! If, as soon if as they don't drop the belt soon, I'll get mad because Morrison needs to... He needs to be a world champion. He's too, I'm sorry. He is too talented to be a tag team guy. I don't mean to... Or just card... Yeah, like, well, even, like, if he's, like, defending... If he was in the Intercontinental title role and having decent challengers and stealing the show with them with the second best belt, that'd be fine. He's a singles champ, right? When I was a kid, I still thought he was, like, one of the best IC, like, champions. Yeah, he was. And he had great matches with that belt. So he's too good to be in a tag team. I think that is abundantly clear. As usual. I mean, look at Lucha Underground and then, what, Impact? Yeah, well, he was. He, I think he was, like, the top champion for both those shows. Yeah, exactly. He so. was world title holder, so I don't know why they won't push him. He'd be signed. Yeah, it's like, it's like I don't know if they just think that him and Miz are great and they want Miz to talk for him and then he can help Miz put on good matches by being, like, the workhorse of the team. I mean, to be honest, Brain, there's so many, like, great talents in WWE that are being, like, held hostage. Oh, I know. Spotlight. It's, so it's, it's ridiculous. It's not just Morrison. It's it's just, you know, there's so many other people, like, yeah. like Sami Zayn and Nakamura and, of course, Cesaro, so... He's just one of many, but, like, honestly, I think as soon as him and Miz lose those belts, they got to push him as a single. There's a lot of value in John Morrison as a singles competitor, I think. A lot. I can agree more. A lot. And if anything showed that, he did this match himself. There was no Miz he was teaming with. He's... Every highlight involved him. Every single one of them involved him. This was his match. I mean, not to take anything away from Kofi and, and, and Jimmy Uso, they held their end of the bargain. They took a beating. They took some some risks, too. But, like, I think this is a match where you're going to remember what John Morrison did in it to retain mm-hmm. the titles, right? So yeah, that no, was... No disrespect to the other yeah, two. Yeah, no disrespect but to the other is, two. This is Morrison's highlight. This know? was his match, and he was in the key spots that most people are going to remember. So this gets a roaring thumbs up from me. This was, at the least, very good. At the most, a great match. Is there any negatives to this match? I don't I Brayden? don't think so. The only negative, and it's not their fault, is that the crowd would have oohed and odd to a lot of shit that they did. Mm. And you're not going to get that. But we knew that going in, so I can't even use that as a criticism against it. You know what I mean? So it's yes, like, sir. 
Yeah, this was uh, up to this point. This was the match of the show. Up to this point in in uh, the pay per view. Yeah, I already told you my negative. Like he just went through a ladder. They just yeah, jumped him out. yeah. That's, that's it, it. That's it, all I can think of. But other than that, there's like that, it was like a hundred more positives. You know. Yeah, there's if there's a hundred positives to like like one negative, then you can kind of forgive the negative, right? Like that's just how it goes. So anyway, uh, that would have been my favorite match of the night. But what we got next ended up being my personal favorite match of the night. Again, we we all have a, a favorite segment, which we will. Don't worry, we will get to that. Um, but the next match of the show was a Kevin Owens against Seth Rollins. They show the video package from Rollins' heel turn, everything that Rollins and his faction have done to Owens over the months, uh, saying that if it wasn't for Seth, Kevin wouldn't even be there, that, uh, you know, Seth is, is the guy on Monday nights and he's not, and Kevin Owens isn't in his league. Good video package. Both guys, uh, they have a, a WrestleMania-worthy singles match for much of it. There's buckle bombs, they're trading super kicks, Seth's going for stomps, KO's going for stunners, counters, 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 counters. I'm digging every second of it. It's basically WWE main event style singles match, just with no crowd to react to the the, the key highlight spots of how they, they break it down. Um, but I thought that this, this was just great. Uh, at the beginning, they really... They, 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 they made our name, ladies and gentlemen, on the show. At the beginning oh. of this match, <laughs> uh, Seth basically does... Uh, he does one move before the Falcon Arrow, so he does... It was a, uh, I forget what it was. It, it was. Oh, yeah, it was a big back body drop. And then immediately after that, as Kevin Owens gets up, he does a Falcon Arrow. And both the big back body drop and oh the Falcon God. Arrow were done Owens, on... Owens loves... They were done Owens on I'm not the lie. apron. They were apron bumps, ladies and gentlemen. The name of this here podcast. So, Gabe, you should before we go on with the rest of this match, do you think we should do that? Count every apron bump in a in a show, or sir, that was my idea. I That's what be, I was saying. I, should, I, I asked you, and I think we should. I you think we should do that with um, yeah, we should count every apron bump. I so will... we got a total of two, I believe from. From what I remember. They're total from two, and they were from this match alone. So that's all I remembered, because that was when you brought it up, and that is when they happened. So tomorrow I will make sure if we to note if any of them happen. I'll, I'll keep uh, um, yeah, tabs on that. But they certainly happened in this match, and those look like they sucked. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. Ooh. Especially a guy of, like, Kevin's, like, weight. That's a, that's a lot of landing. Oh. That's a lot of landing on that, uh, that apron there. So. Kevin... He takes the like weirdest, most obscure bumps. Like I remember, he took a Michinoku driver on a, on a ladder on, on the side of a ladder. Yeah, that was like, like propped up across yeah. his spine, and I'm like, yo, that that was wince like tingling. Yeah, it's like, why are you taking it there? That's got like, there's, it's, it's not flat. It's like sharp and piercing. It's like the worst oh. part to even like consider falling it's on. A bump on a ladder. Oh like he's God. lucky he didn't get injured doing that. You know what I mean? Like he gets lucky with some of this crazy stuff that he it's, does. And if you ever look back at his old stuff from the indies, that's not the first time he's done these weird bumps. I remember, like, he did some weird chair stuff uh, with Jericho. or I don't know who he was feuding with, but there was, like, a big, big, like, jungle gym of chairs he landed on the outside of the ring. Well, he's been doing that all his like, careers in the indies. So it's Kevin is uh, 
don't yeah. know. His bump card is very, very obscure. It's obscure, and it's probably maxed out to high hell. He's probably taking a bump on just about everything dangerous up to this point in his career, I imagine. So these were very tame compared to those ladder bumps that we mentioned, but they still made me kind of go, ooh, I would not want to land there. And they happened very early on in the match, I'd say within the first five to ten minutes. And then the rest of that was just the old... WWE style, we hit big move, we counter big move, we attempt big move. It was a classic. Yeah, it was, it was just like... In, in every positive way. In every positive way, and I'm getting really into it. Uh, Owens, is, is they just can't get each other's finishers. They just can't get each other's finishers. They go out to the outside, and what does Seth do? That bastard heel to ruin my night. He hits Kevin Owens with the ring bell. Knocks his bell. KOs. On the head. K- on the head. Yes. KOs. Oh KO. For the disqualification, I was pissed at this point. I was mad too. Because I'm what like, I was surprised was it, it was on the head too. Like, yeah, it was. You a, know, it's you're it's really it's protective of these like headshots now. Not there. Know? That was a full blown blast. That was a KO to KO in every sense. He rang his bell legitimately. So I can again, Kevin taking these 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 nasty shots and bumps. So I'm pissed because what I thought was going on to be like the a great match, the best actual wrestling match of the night, has now been a screw finish, a non-finish to this big blood feud. But then KO gets on the mic and challenges Seth, and somehow the match becomes no DQ. I don't know, no. Uh, authority Which figure came out. Should have been Elias and King Corbin, but it's okay. It, it made yeah. it, it was much better in this. And they in saved this it for caliber. the better performers game, yeah. so we can excuse that. <laughs> so I don't know how it was. Who just th- decided to throw Seth and KO back in the ring? Uh, Seth just heard KO challenge him to no DQ, and it became that. Like no authority figure came out. Literally, Seth just walked back yeah. down, and uh, KO and him started having an ODQ match. Now this was the section where. They got the heat. Seth mm-hmm. beat down yeah. Kevin with tons of chair shots. Of minutes, yeah. Just beat him down, beat him down. His trash talking the whole way. I think he, I think he insulted him and called him fat during the beatdown too. It's just like, what, a, what a douche, Mister uh, Monday Night uh, Messiah can be. Just being a dastardly heel, getting the heat with no crowd, which is a. That's a token to how good these guys can work when you can get the heat with no crowd. Because I was invested without the crowd going boo or whatever. So good on them for being able to do that and tell that part of the story with nobody there. Uh, I have high hopes for something else that might be able to do that tomorrow. But we'll save that for tomorrow. And so Seth just beats Kevin down, beats Kevin down. Then Kevin finds an opening with the ring bell that Seth used on him to get disqualified in the first place. And Kevin rings Seth's bell with it. He beats him up. He beats him up, throws him around ringside, makes his comeback, lays Seth out on the announce table. Kevin Owens is about to get a WrestleMania moment, ladies and gentlemen. He did a a whole Shane McMahon dive. He did a crazy Shane dive off the sign at the, above the stage, high spot, crazy. Looks like he almost destroyed his arm, shattered his elbow. Seth sold it like death. He was, he's wheezing. You could hear him like gasping for air. Oh, yeah. That's the, one thing I like found really interesting. The selling. The, like, yeah. The natural like body. Uh, like, he's just breathing yeah, hard. really like worried and uncomfortable. So that was that, that's what was very unique about this. It, no, yeah. No audience. It, you could hear every, every, every gasp for air, every wince. Like Seth was selling this 
like death, probably because it felt like death. I mean, he probably was selling a bit, but most of that was maybe a little bit legitimate because that was a big fall. Kevin fell far from that sign off that like part of the stadium or a part of the performance center on Seth. That was a big drop. That was a Shane McMahon-esque elbow, as And you that said. was from like, the WrestleMania sign, yeah. which is... I always found it really um interesting that the sign that they put on the rafters, they just put on the wall of the performance center. So that was a nice little... Uh... Little yeah, and I, I liked the, uh, I liked the lasers that they used, the, the color oh, yeah. coordinated Very lasers G&A. that made it kind of uh, feel a little more bigger in, in atmosphere. I, I enjoyed that. Again, you can't do much there, but I thought that it looked pretty well for all mm-hmm. things considered. It looked nice. And I mean, he jumped off the WrestleMania sign. That's a WrestleMania moment right here, even with no people. And Kevin, of course, recovers first, talks some trash, gets Seth in the ring, hits him with a definitive stunner and wins the WrestleMania match against Seth Rollins. This was great, I thought. My only uh, negative, which is the pop-up powerbomb is like now his signature move. Yeah, they trade. It looks even more devastating now that he sits out instead of just standing there. Kevin literally sits out and then folds Seth like he's an origami, and then that's a kick out. That's his old finish, and people are going to kick out of that. So Yeah, they that, traded uh, it for the stunner. It's like the stunner yeah. was something he kind of used as a signature move, and then they made it his finish, which really, he should have his own move. I mean, using Austin's finisher, I don't know how I feel about that. No. You know what I mean? It's not his. The pop-up powerbomb was at least something he created, Different. and he yeah. was known for using. So now that it's just a signature move, I don't know about that. But it is what it is. He's using and the usually, stunner. That was his old signature. The yeah, it was. was like, yeah, it was just like a movie. He, he moved once in a while. Now all of a sudden it's his, it's his finishing move. So that's what they use now. Now the pop-up powerbomb is just a transitional spot. You know, Seth powerbombs people into an ape, into a buckle, and that's a yeah. that's a transition spot. You know how devastating that move is? And it's just a transition it spot. Ended, like, stings. Yeah. It, it broke the neck of an, of an old wrestler. And he's just still using it. It's just a transition spot. Now, granted, it's all... so much like whiplash that comes oh. from it. Oh my god! Oh, and the one Kevin took. I mean, just it, I. I wonder how they they don't die off that move sometimes. Like it's brutal. I think I think he should stop it because I don't really feel that impacted. But knowing that you know I wrestle and all, it does suck to have that buckle bomb. Yeah, so. if you, if, I mean, it's it seems like a lot of the guys know how to take it. It seems like nobody else has gotten hurt since Sting, other than Finn Balor, but he took it into a, a dasher board, which is much more dangerous. Montez Ford, unfortunately, had to take that spot not too long ago. That looked like it sucked for him about a month ago. He took it. Oh, into I actually the, remember that. One yeah, he took yeah. it into the barricade, which I thought Seth was never going to do after killing Finn with it, but he did. But, uh, yeah, it's already dangerous enough going into the turnbuckle. You don't need to be doing it into the dashboard. And even then, now that I know that, like, Sting's career got ended because of that move, whenever anybody takes it, I kind of go, ooh. You know what I mean? Like, I go, ooh. Yeah, like, not for the wrestler, but the, yeah, the actual, yeah. like, person. Like, it's like, ooh, somebody else going to break their neck off this damn move? But nobody did. They they both, to my knowledge, are, are alive. I haven't heard about any injuries that have coming out of this, uh, this taping. So I assume both men are alive. But uh, I thought this was... This was great for what it was. Mm-hmm. Any last um, uh, thoughts on it that you'd like to say before we move on? Other than that, um, bring back the package pile driver, Kevin. Uh, that's all I could really say. Was I, yeah? Was I the only one who thought he? Move. Yeah, was I the only one who thought he was teasing that on the apron at the beginning of the match? Oh, that's what I thought yeah, too. Yeah, like, I instantly thought no, he's gonna bring. 
the the closest he's ever like brought it back was at war games when he was helping out champa he was in the middle of the ring divider and had the arms hooked but uh was unable to pull it off and it's yeah. weird because it's when when kevin does it it's like crazy safe but we're having Rey Mysterio and Andrade dish out some Canadian destroyers like every Monday. <laughs> Adam Cole doing it every match. Every match. It's uh, it's kind of weird. Not that to mention, KO do not to mention, since like. we're talking about KO anyway. So he he Adam Cole gets saved from taking the package pile driver. So he on the steel, and then he's able to deliver a Panama Sunrise to KO on that same steel. Oh. So you you wouldn't allow one fancy looking pile driver, but the flip pile driver is okay. With the flip, which should make it more dangerous. Than... I feel like that's more dangerous, yeah. in my opinion. That's. But they Ostrich. they they allow the the flip pile driver because all of a sudden I guess it's just it's a and it's just a transition spot now. Uh, we can get into that in some other time, but yeah, this was this was great for what it was. I thought they did a a bang up job with no audience, and I thought it was it was very good to great as well. And I oh, thought, yeah. as far as the an actual wrestling match is concerned, so like, uh, you know, like like bell to I can't even say bell to bell because it was like two matches in one. Bell to bell to bell. Yeah, <laughs> bell to bell, and then bell to bell again. I thought this was uh, the best actual wrestling match on the show, but I could be in uh, the minority on that one. Oh no, I I think you're absolutely right. I think this was the best wrestling match of the night. Uh, speaking of things that wasn't the best wrestling match of the night, we go to the uh, Universal Championship match. Uh, Goldberg originally penciled in to face Roman Reigns. We all know that Roman was not at the taping for WrestleMania, despite the fact that for a good week after he wasn't there to be taped for this this match, they still advertised him until last night on Our SmackDown, where they just showed a graphic where it's like, ah, oh, Braun Strowman's taking on Goldberg They just showed now. a graphic. That's, That's it. crazy. That's it. They didn't have no, a... a no, no Goldberg-Strowman confrontation. No Strowman saying he's going to fill in for Roman since Roman went home for his health or anything like that. What you could have done? Ah, the people just see a graphic. That'll, that'll clue them in. So, again, even before that was announced on SmackDown, we knew that was the case because Roman was reported to have pulled out of the taping and then confirmed it on his Instagram, citing the reasons why for his health and he wants to be safe with his family. So we knew he wasn't there. So it just shows like how much faith they've put into, I guess, Braun like over the years. Like, yeah, he's getting the strap, but I mean, like they're not going <laughs> to publicize it or like spread the word. It's just crazy. He, like, his first big like championship, like world title wins in front of nobody. But you know what? He did beat a legend to do it, and in pretty decent fashion. So, you know, for the people yeah, who did who, see who it, who know it, who knows that he did that though? I guess only people who have the network because it, it just happened, you know, that quick and short of notice. And then last night, you know, so yeah. So they they ended up just doing as Gabe put it in our chat: power spots the match, which it was power spots the match, which it would have been the same thing with Roman, except uh, there would have been like double the spears, and there probably would have been a few headbutt collisions between him and, and Goldberg. But instead Strowman doesn't do a spear, so literally it was it was two moves. Goldberg hit a ton of spears. It was like four? <laughs> four or five. Strowman kicked out. Uh he went to go for another spear. I think Braun did a counter of some sort and then just decided and then just started oh, no. He no? was going for a jackhammer. Oh yeah, well we knew he wasn't gonna get Braun up for that. I don't oh, I don't I, mean, I knew that for sure. <laughs> I don't think Bill can legitimately pick up 
somebody that big. Like Especially I don't think after uh, the Undertaker. Yeah, and Undertaker nope. Undertaker is much smaller than Braun Strowman. I'll just put it that way. So I knew Go Bill wasn't even going to attempt that. He would tease it, but I knew he wasn't going to attempt it. And then uh, Strowman just went on a power slam spam fest, hit a bunch of them, and then eventually after the final one, pinned Goldberg to win the Universal title. Whoever Goldberg was facing, whether it was Braun, which it happened to be, because he, by circumstance, he got to win a world title because the actual guy he was pegged to win pulled out due to his health. Um... Yeah, Braun always put in these weird positions, eh? Like being squashed by Brock and Saudi a few years ago for the vacant Universal title. Oh, I was Ra- actually hyped about it. Yeah, that. I when, thought he was going to take the belt. Yeah, but, and they uh... said they give it to Brock. So he gets a big win over a legend here, which is all right, I guess. I mean, no matter... Like I said, if Roman was in this match, we knew Roman was beating Goldberg. Bill ain't, ain't staying around long to be the champion. And at least mm-hmm. it's back on a, on a guy who's there full-time, I guess. Can you believe it? We had both world belts like on people who are part-timers for a short amount of time. That's crazy. Yeah, but it's not the first time. This has happened multiple times in the last like four I years. I know, and you, you thought they would have learned, you know? In the newest decade, they're repeating history. Oh, they always do. That's, that's usually a Vince move, to hey, be honest. They always do. So Braun Strowman's the champion now for anybody who's a huge fan of him. The monster among men. Is holding the uh, SmackDown how do you feel world about title. That, Actually, I think it's just a too little, too late at this point. Like, I, I'll give him a chance, yeah. but like, he's far from being as over as he was two, three years ago. He's lost a mm. lot of steam. A and, lot. And of and steam. now that he's just a replacement guy to take the belt off Goldberg, I don't think his world title reign's going to be all that good. I doubt it. I mean, it's still the right call. I would still put it on a a, a guy who's there full time over Goldberg at the biggest show. I would not have booked Goldberg to win this match, so I think they did. They have the right winner, if you're asking me that. I mean, I'm just asking, like, Braun in general just having the world belt. Uh, it's all right, but it seems like, like it would have been better if they did it when he was a lot hotter and a mm, lot more exactly. over, and it didn't lose a ton of steam. By basically being the bridesmaid, he'd be put in these big situations, and always they never would capitalize, and he'd always lose. Lose to Seth Rollins last year. Lose to Brock Lesnar the year before. Lose to Brock Lesnar again the year before that. Like, it's always when he was put in a big spot for the Universal Championship, they never pulled the trigger on him to win. And he's had three big, three to four big chances of it. And now he's finally won on his fifth one where he was just the replacement guy to take the belt off Goldberg. So, I don't know. Whenever this whole Corona stuff ends, how long is he going to have the belt until Roman picks it back up? Yeah, probably not long. Given how long his intercontinental title reign was, I doubt his oh, world title that was reign. Short. Yeah, yeah. So I doubt he holds the big big belt for that long. But he may have a long title reign because of COVID nineteen. So <laughs> we're about to find out. So that only time will tell there. So, ladies and gentlemen, now we move on to the main event of the show. And I had my it's eyebrows crazy. raised when this was put in the last spot because I figured they were going to do some sort of cinematic. Because, I mean. It just wasn't big enough to do, like, a Buried Alive situation like they've done in the Attitude Era and all that. Like, it was just too small, wouldn't have looked good. They called it a Bone Yard match, which really, it's, I guess, was a Graveyard match. I mean, I didn't see many... It was like a a Buried Alive, but, like, cinematic. Yeah, it was a a Buried Alive, like, Graveyard brawl, is what it was. So, this was, (laughs) I think, undoubtedly the best thing on the show. 
as far as like like it like, was the most mesmerizing yeah like, as far as like, like just being a, a full-on presentation right so basically it, it starts and you hear the music and you realize it's it's a it's like a it's like cinema it's like a movie it's like this 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 uh basically what i would equate it to was like the the broken hearty stuff from tna the oh, final, the final, yeah, party, like, the final deletion stuff. vibes from this nice, here thing. Yeah. So, a, a hearse pulls up to a graveyard, and it's Undertaker's theme. The the hearse is pulling up slow. Druids open the hearse when it gets there. They pull out the casket, and this got a big pop for me. I laughed so hard. AJ Styles <laughs> pops out of the casket laughing he's cocky his, he his, has his, like gloves together yeah he does his pose on. as soon as he pops out his theme music hits which have got yeah, me to laugh was, even more really <laughs> i just couldn't believe it he's cocky he's got swagger but he's in jeans so you know it's a street fight because all wrestlers got to wear jeans it was a Shawn michaels special back in the day where he'd wear jeans to a fight you see because it's not a wrestling match it's a fight so, but AJ made sure to wear his club shirt. He had to get his merchandise in there in this, oh, yeah, uh, in this uh, boneyard brawl. So he's he's calling out Undertaker. He's waiting for him. Then you hear a motorcycle in the distance, and there's American badass, big evil dead man rolling up in his his Harley. And he has he has a new theme. If you haven't heard, yeah, and it's I, it sounds like a it's it, crazy good. Yeah, it's not it, gonna lie, it, it sounds like a Metallica song, like. What uh, I I don't know. You gotta look into that song because it's a heavy metal song of some kind, and it's it's about like uh, about being buried or or something like that. Like it's it's really good. It's 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 a hell of a hell of a metal song. Sounds like a Metallica song. It might not be by them, but that's what it sounds like. And uh, so then they have this this big face off, and they they stare each other down. And I forget was it was it under was it AJ who took the first shot or who was the first one to like really lay, land a blow? I, I'm kind of spacing on that. I detail. I don't really remember. Yeah, because, I don't remember. Somebody ended up uh, because the beginning of the match was the most forgettable because there's just so many like ridiculous, uh, crazy shenanigans. Yeah, because it's on. like it's like you have all this Amazing. these music cues and and uh, the wackiness and of this and that. Yeah. Angles. And so, anyway, somebody hit, ended up being the first one to punch, and they have like a a big time brawl. Like they're laying in heavy shots, they're beating the piss out of each other. It it's 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 crazy, and uh, it, they they it's funny. Like in this cinematic, they kept it competitive. Like AJ still got his shit in. It's not like he got like squashed in this no, uh, presentation. He uh he absolutely like hung with undertaker in an undertaker movie it was like aj was like the believable smaller villain i can't even it's hard to describe but like if you watch it you'll understand what i'm talking about you know what i mean like in no way did aj look out of his element in this thing like like he was just there to be undertaker i mean he basically was but like he still held his own and he got offense in like it's not like like this was undertaker one-sided now of course there was the heel shtick when oh, yeah, under he felt like yeah. a really big heel in this yeah this, uh, yeah like dramatic. like eventually undertaker does get the advantage and he looks to bury poor aj but then you hear gallows and anderson call undertaker like hey taker or whatever we're here and he turns around and they're standing by this lit shed 
And then you see really confused. Yeah, then you see a bunch of like hooded druids in the shed, and Undertaker's like, Well, I guess they're not on my side. He kinda has this look on his face. And then they all run out and Undertaker, this this lone gunman Oh, without he was a gun, like a he, he was just like, he just he's like, well, if it's all them on me, and he starts taking out all these these druids, he just beats the shit out of all of them. One punch, they go down. But they're, yeah, they're just one punch. <laughs> but they're just guys in masks that don't matter. So you know they could go down in one punch. Where do they go after that? I don't know. I guess they just sold their injuries. Maybe they rolled back to the shed. I don't know. They were off camera, so they were gone for good. You know, like this is how it was. He took them all out. Then uh, Gallows and Anderson start double teaming. Undertaker, and of course, um, he he ends up actually kind of overcoming them, but then AJ attacks him from behind, and they kind Is that of with do the concrete. Yeah, yeah, he hits. Yeah, it's yeah. a good point. He hits him with a, a concrete block uh, from behind, so Undertaker is down, and AJ gets the heat in this uh, boneyard match. Starts beating up Undertaker again. He gets on to the advantage. Do you remember really what happened after AJ got the advantage? After breaking the the cinder block, do you remember? Because I remember there was a bit of time before they went up on the the, the shed teasing, roof. He was teasing uh, about to put him in the grave, and he eventually did put him in the grave. Oh, yes, yes. AJ did beat him up to the point where, yeah, Undertaker was, like, getting weaker and weaker, it seemed. Yeah. They, they fought and fought and fought, and then AJ did throw him he in the grave. The, uh, he did throw him in the grave. The, uh, yeah, that he the, went into the what? tractor. Yeah, the tractor. He went into the tractor to bury him. Then all of a sudden, a goofy light appears behind AJ. And (laughs) without any explanation at all, the Undertaker is behind him again. And AJ does the best, oh, shit, scared face you've ever seen. And uh, Taker beats the the, the bejesus out of him. Gallows and Anderson end up getting back involved. All uh, Actually, AJ gets beat up quite a bit, so he decides he's going to run up on the roof to get away from Undertaker. <laughs> he decides going up on the shed roof is a, a great idea. So he climbs up onto the, the, the roof of the shed and Undertaker's talking mad smack like, where are you going, boy? You think you're going to run from me? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, Just God. talking talking all this shit. And then Gallows and Anderson also climb up there and they try to the triple team the Undertaker or double oh, team wait, the Undertaker. No, wait, before no? that, Brayden, hold on. You got you to gotta, um, talk about how for some reason undertaker the american badass has kane's like pyro oh my god yes i completely forgot about that behind aj yes yes so before undertaker even climbs up the ladder aj's backing away but then undertaker raises his arms and pyro goes off on the shed a bunch of fire goes up and and then aj goes oh shit like just like basically like ducks for cover Undertaker climbs up there to follow AJ as it talks a bunch of smack. Gallows and Anderson climb up there to try and help AJ, but literally Undertaker destroys both of them. He just throws both he, of them he, off. He throw, actually, he threw uh, Gallows off the oh, shed. Gallo, and, then and then he, he tombstoned on. Anderson on the uh, the roof. So I don't think we should be seeing Anderson for a long time. He got tombstone on a metal roof. Maybe he'll be out of action for a while. Anderson, but, it's about Gallows. Yeah, we don't even know how yeah, he Yeah, he, he just <laughs> flew off that. But if anybody had a bad landing, it was also AJ. Because right after that, Undertaker oh, that gave was... him a choke Ooh. slam off the shed through whatever gimmick was at the bottom. But it looked like a bunch of wood. and, and it, was, it was probably planks. Yeah, it was a bunch of planks. And he cracked through the wood. And he looked, he was dead. And then Undertaker knew he was dead. But is he did like, he's like, stay with me, man. Do you know where you are? You remember my wife's name? 
How old am I? He's probing AJ to answer these questions because AJ's out on his feet. Wants to get some sort of response from him. And then he, he drags AJ up and then says, basically through the lines of, well, you held you held, you held held up with me. You gave me a fight. I resp- yeah. Basically, he was giving him a sign of respect. They even hugged it out. Oh they hugged God. it out. <laughs> and it seemed like he was just going to leave AJ broken and battered in the boneyard. But then Taker gives him the big boot. And AJ falls into the grave. And Undertaker climbs up on the the loader, and a gong hits, and he buries AJ in the dirt in the boneyard match. And, and he removed the the vines from the stone. Yeah, stone. He did. Showing that the under- AJ died. Yep, that it was AJ's tombstone <laughs> all along. Which I should I should mention that at the beginning there was all that stuff over top of it, so you couldn't see it. But AJ mentioned that that was Taker's marked grave at the beginning of their brawl <laughs> that he had went and marked Undertaker's grave, but you couldn't see anything on it because that thing was covering it. So then uh, Taker ends up revealing that it was AJ's grave all along, which I thought was a nice touch. And then Undertaker does more cane magic and his symbol appears on that shed that everybody fought on. You see the Undertaker symbol behind him, the UT in purple with a bunch of flames. And then like a badass that just won his last uh, hoorah, Undertaker gets on his motorcycle to that awesome metal song and whatever that song is, and oh just God. drove off while un- while you see AJ's hand in the buried dirt, and then you see Undertaker ride off after that. This was awesome, and may I go on to say that if it was not for a show in like if this was a show in front of thousands of people, Undertaker and AJ would have been in the ring. I don't think that's any question. If this was a show in front of 70,000-some people and Undertaker and AJ were booked on the card, they for sure would have wrestled at least some sort of gimmick match around the ring that the people could have seen them in person. It was the fact that this show was in front of nobody and pre-taped that we got something as creative as this. Do you agree? I I mean, that's what I was even like hoping for when I first heard that they were going to be booked for Mania. Even um, after the whole COVID stuff, like, uh, are they going to still have... A high caliber match but they've had something else better i guess well i think this was better because like literally undertaker none of the flaws that he's been showing in a few years were being shown aj despite basically getting buried alive still hang hung with the undertaker and and in the the cinema cinematic did give him a hell of a beating too there were times where undertaker was wheezing and aj got a ton of punches and stiff shots in this was just uh, a benefit, and like I was kind of like, "Wow, this is this this pre-recorded like movie match is gonna be the main event of night one," and then I'm like, "Oh fuck yeah, that's why it was the main event of night one because it was this fucking good," you know? Like I was like, "Perfect! What a great way to end the show." This was this was awesome. I give this two thumbs up. What about you, Gabe? This, if I had a third, I'd I'd one up you on that one. That this is a heavy. Heavy Matt Hardy vibes as we talked about, but it's just, I guess now that I get he's gone, Matt Hardy, I guess they want to do it their own way. WWE just showcase Undertaker and AJ in the most cinematic way possible, and that can only, I guess, get us more excited for the, I, I want to say the Bray Wyatt and John Cena match and the Firefly Funhouse match. Yeah, and the, the most fun- likely going to be a uh, another a thing like this. Adventure. Yeah, it's probably going to be another cinematic thing in the house and. 
if it's even half as good as this, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, like if it's even uh, half yeah. as good. But Bray is great, especially in pre-tapes and and seen as charismatic. And he's I been feel like it'll be more like horror themed since you know it's the Fiend. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Undertaker and you know AJ. It was more like a action like it was you know, an action. Yeah, it was like an action 40. movie action movie brawl. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, AJ and um, Undertaker will take that, while Cena and Bray will probably take the horror aspect of it. Yeah, I just hope it's it's more. I just hope, like again, it's more um, Final Deletion than House of Horrors. Mm -hmm. Because if it's House House of Horrors, because I forgot all about that. Yeah, I can see that. Well, (laughs) because Bray was also involved in that, and I hope that it doesn't go that route. I'm hoping that it's something as good as this tomorrow, or even half as good as this would be good, but. After tonight, Gabe, I have faith of night two because a lot of really good stuff is also booked for night two. In fact, there's oh, yes. actually a lot of matches that are even more exciting than took place tonight are actually being saved for night two. So night one with less was very good. Oh. You know, uh, it looks like you were right, um, Braden. It was is that? a Metallica song. It was, eh? That's what I thought. I could swear it was yeah, Metallica. It's, uh, it's now that we're dead by Metallica. Well, that's very appropriate. Now that we're dead for the Boneyard yeah. match where AJ basically got buried alive. I wonder how they're going to sell that. How does he just come back to TV now after getting buried alive by The Undertaker? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you, wait, Brain, you forgot one important title change. How could you forget it? What's that? R-Truth losing the 24-7 title. Oh, did he lose it to Gronk? I must have been out of the room when that happened. Oh, no, no, no. He lost it to um, Mojo Raleigh. Oh. So what happened was, okay, they're being host, right? Um, Mojo and Gronk. And then our truth comes out and they're like, oh man, I can't go anywhere anymore. I can't I can't go to church. I can't go to um, you know, I can't go to anywhere because of my title. And then uh Gronk goes for the pin and then Mojo just pushes Gronk out the way and pins uh pins truth for the belt yeah i'm not i'm not gonna lie i think i went and got like uh something to eat during that little brief period (laughs) i've seen our truth being interviewed by them and after i'd heard gronk and mojo at the beginning i'm like if this is even any prolonged period of time i'm going to get something to eat you know that's exactly what happened but to be fair at least at the beginning of the show they did talk very briefly but then they were kept to a minimum after that they were not shown thank Thank God god for that Thank God for that. I hope part the night two uh, follows suit. I think Gronk being a host, you know, that whole announcement, I think that's just a way for getting the casual viewers and like, oh, we're having Gronk being the host. Yeah, we're having Gronk host this thing. Ay, ay, ay. So, yes, that was uh, night one of WrestleMania 36. And as I said, there was a little... They kept a lot of undercard stuff on the show, so some of the stuff that they found was less important. But even then, a lot of that stuff delivered. Like, again, uh, yes. uh, Becky and Shayna was a very good women's title match, even if the wrong person won. The The three guys in the ladder match killed themselves and put on the best possible match without uh, an audience being there. Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins did the same thing, even if they had two matches to do it. And then this uh, cinematic, which may be the best, like, cinematic match WWE has done. It's the best thing involving The Undertaker in years. Literally years is the best thing he's done. So this, I don't know how anybody could give this a thumbs down. This is far from the worst pay-per-view of all time. In fact, I would say this is one of the the better shows I've seen from WWE in a while. Oh, yeah, of course. From a pay-per-view perspective. I will put it over that much. So, Brian, are we rating uh, for our future reviews? Are we rating pay-per-views by thumbs now? Like two thumbs up or two thumbs down or like all that? 
Well, we could do two if we really uh, unanimously agree. We could do one if, like, we thought it was good, but that's a bit it. Mm. One thumb down if it was bad, but not super bad. Then two thumbs down for an outright atrocious so show. Um, I believe this was, I want to say, a thumb and a half. Yeah, I, I would say that's about right. It gets a thumb and a half, half for me, too. Yeah. Because it's more than a thumb, but I can't give it a full two, right? So, like... Yeah, exactly. It's not a full two because of some, like, you know, decisions made. But other than that, a thumb and a half or a quarter, that's what I got to say. As, as far as a, as a pay-per-view with no audience is concerned, and since WWE hasn't done this before, I thought they did, and especially to keep you... I'm more excited going into night two now because night one was as good as it was. Like, I had bottom barrel expectations for this show, Gabe. I was now, not, we... you know... Are we going to rate WrestleMania as a whole after night two, or is it just going to be... Nah, we'll one, just do parts two. one and two. So if, if, night, right. if night one's... Because I'm just treating it as separate pay-per-views, right? Like, we had night one, that's its own show. Night two is also its own show. Understood. So we, I give uh, night one, a, a again, like Gabe said, I agree with his rating, a thumb and a half. And uh, I, I look forward to tomorrow's uh, night two. It should be a lot of fun, and... Uh, Again, very a very good pay per view for no crowd. They did the best of what they could, and as said, the the main event boneyard match was really taking making the best out of a bad situation. That was the icing and cherry, whatever you want on top. That was that is the greatest way they could have ended the night. <laughs> yeah. So now, it, once again, as you all know, I love to do the cheap plugs section of this here video. Gabe, uh, the floor is all yours, my man. What do you want to plug? Oh. Uh, the good old, uh, I'm not doing anything at the moment uh, out of the ordinary, so just the good old YouTube knows it, N-O-Z-I-D, because who knows it? Gabe knows it. If you want, follow me at Gabe knows it on Twitter, Instagram, and maybe on Facebook if you if you still have that. So um, those are my plugs, Braden. Okay, is that your wrestling catchphrase? Yes, sir. Okay, who that knows is, it? That is the perfect catchphrase. <laughs> I think that works splendidly. I just had to put that over, if you will. You know. Yeah, I would. Um, I'm I'm reannouncing right now, so whenever um I get the chance to um, I'll probably get in some angle, some just ask the crowd who knows it, Gabe knows it. So yeah, yeah. all of my wrestling friends, they they love it. They they think it's top notch. That is, it is a good catchphrase, and at least catchy, and it rolls off the tongue, right? At least some yes. people will remember. I'll be remembering it from now on. So. <laughs> anyway, so if you are a subscriber of the channel and you've listened to this podcast, thank you very much. I don't really care much about the thumbs up or thumbs down, but do comment what you thought about WrestleMania 36 night one. And uh, also, if you just happen to find this podcast through the algorithm or you were searching other reviews and you found this one and you liked what you heard, please do subscribe to the channel. Would love to see you and hear from you going on with our reviews and predictions going forward. So I am Braster. He is Gabe, no Zid. And we are going to Spanish fly like John Morrison on Out of This Here Review. We'll see you tomorrow night, folks. <laughs>